at Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll be featuring Peter Cohen of the Angry Mac Masters Radio Show and The Loop at loopinsight.com. We also have Adam Inks of Tidbits and Take Control Books and Avram Pilch from Laptop Magazine. Lots to talk about this week on the Tech Night Owl Live. We have Jim Dalrymple of The Loop at loopinsight.com, and they have cutting-edge reports and commentaries about Macs and the entire Apple universe. And today we'll look at a few of the things that are going on with Apple. And one thing I've noticed curiously, I don't know if you follow the stock market much, Jim, and that is that Apple's stock price, since they reported record profits and record revenues for a second quarter of their fiscal year, the first quarter of this year, their stock price has gone down. What's going on there? <laughs> I don't think you can ever predict what, what a company's stock price will do, especially Apple. They seem particularly funny in this because for years, whenever Apple would release its quarterly earnings, whether they were up or down, their stock price would fall. <laughs> it makes no sense, but here we are again doing it. And what's so strange is Apple almost always exceeds analyst expectations. Yeah, yeah, it it just it baffles me every time I see the stock falling when Apple announces such good results. You know, the the stock market will correct and overcorrect and correct again, uh, depending on you know what analysts say. And the majority of analysts are are very happy with Apple, so it doesn't make any sense to me. Yes, but the other thing is here, a lot of these analysts are basically talking through their hats. As far as yeah. I'm concerned, I once commented on TechNightOwl.com. There's no license to put up to become an industry analyst. You don't have to go take a state test. You don't have to get a license, you know, contact your state. It says industry analyst license, $295. None of that. You just hang out your shingle and you're an industry analyst. Yep, that's right. I'm in the wrong business. I think so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can basically do and say whatever you want and you know a lot of them especially in apple's recent history have been wrong you know they've said that the iphone wasn't going to work and the ipad wasn't going to work and you know the mac business was going to go down and they've been wrong on all counts well maybe that's it or they're succumbing to fears about the new leadership at apple well we don't have this charismatic leader anymore so nobody else knows what they're doing well that could be part of it too but you know, in reality, uh, Tim is, has basically run the company for the last decade. You know, he's been the, the backbone behind getting Apple to where they are as far as, uh, you know, product shipments and, and money and everything else. He's a, a genius in his own right. Well, the other thing, of course, to bear in mind with Tim Cook is now he's starting to assert more personality in the things he says. Yeah, and that's a good thing. He should. I mean, you know... Tim is a is a talented CEO, and he's got lots of things that he can do, and then I think over the next few years certainly will do. But I'm not worried about you know a stock price going down. No, it it's it's going to go back up. It's going to fall again. It's always up and down. It's the way it goes. You can't keep up with it. No, sir, you cannot. And I think trying would be futile. Resistance is futile. <laughs> Yes. You know, I mean, there are people, that's what they do. Uh, they they try and keep up with that stuff. 
I, I'm certainly not one of them. You know, we'll, 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 I, I just watch it go up and down. I, I usually don't report on, on it one way or another because, you know, you can report on the stock price hitting uh, an all-time high right now, and by the end of the day, it could be down $20. You, you just you can't tell. And one day it went down by a ton because of some kind of computer error, as you recall? Uh, was that in the past week or so? It was the past month or two where some sort of computer yeah. error or glitch caused, I don't know, a bunch of sell orders to be put in erroneously or something. Something really weird happened because all this trading is done by computer. And I have to think, all these hackers who are attacking sites with what they call DDoS attacks, where they flood a site with traffic to bring it down, what if they did that with the stock market? Well, I, I guess, you know, with computers, there's always that chance of, bad things happen happening isn't there you know it happens to us all there's no reason why it can't happen there but especially with some of the hackers that are there these days those guys are good and you have to think here that also takes us to the current crop of stories about apple security certainly we had the flashback malware and then there was something reported where microsoft said that some unpatched versions of Office 2004 and Office 2008 were vulnerable on the Mac if you're running an operating system older than Lion, except those things had already been patched several years ago. So I just yeah. wonder what they were trying to tell us, except raise the fear volume. Well, that, that seems to be it, doesn't it? I mean, I, I think it's wise for everybody to to make sure that they're they're safe you know if you feel that your uh, your computer is in any danger whether it's a mac or pc then backing up um checking it for malware these are always good things to do i mean you you, you do have to be careful it's just like crossing the street you know you're not going to close your eyes and just walk out into the street you gotta you gotta be careful you gotta Make sure that uh, that everything that you're doing is safe. You know, and if you have kids, you know, they go all over the internet. So it's never a they bad. They go thing. to nooks and crannies you never heard about. Yeah, that's right. They are nooks and that's cranny right. experts. <laughs> and you'll never know. But just continuing about the virus front. Okay, if you look at the flashback virus. It started out as a Flash problem originally, which is Adobe's product, by the way, of course. Then it became a Java problem, and Java is a product of Oracle. So it wasn't Apple's fault in either case. Maybe Apple could be blamed for maybe not reacting quickly enough and getting the patch from Oracle deployed on the Macs. Well... I mean, you do have to to wonder if they could have gotten it done quicker, or you know, is there is there something that they could have done? But you know, I I don't know. I mean, the fact is now it's it's fixed. I'm sure that some people would have liked it liked it done quicker, but you know, they've got it all done now, and uh, you know, looking back. You would love to have those things fixed the first day, as soon as they're they're noticed. You know, have something out there and say, okay, this is done. But 
that's that's not how software works. Explain that in more detail so, to our listeners why they can't do it quickly. Well, I mean, when when something like that is is reproduced, typically the the researcher will go to Apple, go to the company uh, or Adobe, and say, "Here is the the problem. Here's how I was able to to crack it." Uh, so that needs to be fixed. The company then goes in and reproduces it the, the the way that it was done. Yes, this can happen, and here's what what can happen if somebody a hacker does get in, and then they patch it. So you know all of these software updates that we get for for applications and uh, system software in particular are are typically patches and and security updates. Uh, for things that they've found And the wrong. thing you have to bear in mind here is whenever you build a patch, you don't just send it out. You have to test it because maybe what you did will cause an incompatibility somewhere else. Yeah. So you have to yeah, that's right. stage a few weeks of testing. I mean, sometimes they come out faster in case of an emergency, but usually it involves a few weeks of testing to make sure that everything works and fixing before you deploy the patch and even then things go wrong. We have Jim Dalrymple of The Loop. At loopinsight.com, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com slash radio, DreamHost.com slash radio. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. Good day. Jim Newcomer from Midas Resources, May 11th, 2012. Gold opened this morning at 1586.10. A one-ounce gold coin can be purchased for 1625.98, 812.99 for a half ounce, or 406.50 for a quarter ounce. That's 1625.98, 812.99, and 406.50. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? Wait a sec. Gold and silver is going up while Congress is trying to settle on the next debt increase. And there's no end to this madness. That old 401k and IRA can be converted into physical gold without tax consequences. I explain this in my book, 10 Reasons to Buy Gold. Don't let time slip away. Call for your free copy today, 800-686-2237. Get away from that Washington spin and get honest answers about gold. 800-686-2237. The book is free. 800-686-2237. Would it save you time to get the best quality water filters and the best quality storable foods from one company? 
You bet it would. And now you can at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. Big Berkey water filter products and great tasting, long lasting, storable, wise foods are both now available on one website, BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. Wise foods, ready to eat meals, are packed in airtight nitrogen pouches and come with a 25 year shelf life. Big Berkey water filters are powerful enough to purify treated, untreated, or even stagnant pond water. Combine Berkey water filters with wise foods for an unbeatable preparedness combination. Get free shipping on every order over $50. And GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit big, B-E-R-K-E-Y, waterfilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Or go to bigberkeywaterfilters.com. How much are you spending on your protein? Did you know that at normal cooking temperatures, you lose 50% or more of the amino acids that make up your protein? This means you're throwing away 50% of your money when eating cooked proteins, and you're burdening your organs of elimination. Proteins are vital to your health. But to get the full benefit, they must come into your bloodstream as undamaged amino acids. One World Way is processed in a unique manner to protect the amino acids so they're easy to digest and use at the cellular level. The health benefits of undamaged whey protein are well documented. They are healing, reduced inflammation, increased levels of glutathione, detoxification, weight loss, muscle gains, more energy, and a better sense of well-being. If you want to have the energy to achieve your dreams, consider adding One World Way to your diet. Call 888-988-3325, mention coupon code KNOCKOUT, and you'll receive a free tube of knockout pain cream with your order, which eliminates soft tissue pain in 10 minutes for 90% of users. Call 888-988-3325 or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorld, W-H-E-Y.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. With Jim Dalrymple of the Loop at LoopInsight.com, I'm Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Out Live, and we were talking about security on the Mac platform, and maybe there's too much fear-mongering, and maybe things could be better. But now I'm seeing an article that I saw the other day, don't know if you saw this or not, saying that the malware problem on the Android mobile platform, Google's Android mobile platform, may be becoming as bad as Windows was at one time. What's your take? Well, it certainly seems to be. It's it's kind of crazy to to hear people talking about uh, Apple and its its walled garden of of iOS and complaining that Apple is actually protecting its users when you see Android and all of the viruses that are out there or malware for for the Android operating system. I mean, personally, I would rather be safe. You know, I I like the feeling that anytime. I could go on my iPhone right now and and download an app and know that I'm I'm safe. You know, that's that's not a, a problem. But with Android, I mean it seems that you you always have to be very careful and I, I don't know that that's the right way to to instill confidence in your your operating system to have all of this malware out there. So I'm I'm kinda surprised, to be honest with you, that uh that it's so prevalent that uh, Google let it go on like this. I mean, they have made steps 
and taken steps to try and close down the operating system some, but it's basically, you know, still the wild west in the Android uh, marketplace. And that's, that's dangerous, I think, especially when you have people that these days you're not using your phone just to make calls. I mean, people are using their phone for email and web surfing and, and a lot of work, you know, you, you can't afford to have your phone with a piece of malware and have it, you know, go down or it's like having your, your computer infected now. And I understand that people who want platforms to be open have to realize, well, what is there about the open platform that affects you directly? Does it hurt the way your smartphone or tablet works? Does it prevent you from getting a good selection of apps? Why do you need to be open and unprotected? And the other issue, of course, with Android, one that you and I have talked about in the past, is the fact that when you buy an Android smartphone or tablet, there's no guarantee you'll ever get an operating system upgrade. There's no guarantee that it's not running the operating system from last year. And if there's a security fix, how do you get it? Let me give you an example. Right now, as we speak, I'm on a website. They're advertising a Samsung Galaxy Tab 8.9. And Samsung has this thing about tablets that you have 400 different screen sizes, so go ahead and figure which one works best for you. It's an Android 3.2 OS tablet. <laughs> What's the current version of Android? Four. Four now, aren't we? Yeah. We're at four now, ice cream sandwich. And it appears the latest and greatest Android is only on, what, 3 4% of all Android products out there. And it's been out since last fall when Apple's iOS 5 came out. Yeah, yeah, they're not doing themselves any favors, for sure. And you have to think, developers are going to look, when they're going to build an app, what platforms, what hardware they can run on. So if they see that 97% of all Android gadget users don't have the latest and greatest OS, well, of course, they're not going to support the current features. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a huge problem. I mean, you know, I've always been in favor, whether it's on the Mac or iOS or any OS for developers to, to push the, the envelope as far as they can. So if that means that you need to cut off uh, older versions of the OS in order to support new features, then go for it. Because that's what pushes the, the platform ahead. When people see the innovative things that, that you can do on a platform, then they want to be on that platform. And when developers are taking advantage of of all the things that they can do, then people want to buy that application. But, you know, Windows was has, has famously for years tried to include backward compatibility on its apps. And I just, I think that's wrong. I think that they've held themselves back and, you know, they've, they've allowed the Mac to, to really gain in popularity. Do you think part of that is Microsoft caving to their partners, saying, no, 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 don't make this incompatible. It's going to cause this problem or that problem with an app? Well, that, you know, that could be, too. There's, there's probably a lot of pressure uh, from that side. And Apple doesn't have that. You know, they don't have to worry about that kind of stuff because they make the hardware. So they're going to they're going to make the software work with the hardware. They don't have to worry about dealing with Adele and, and HP and all of the different companies. Uh, they just deal with themselves. And it's working. Yes, there yeah. are complaints. I mean, sometimes people feel that Apple is too quick to kill older technologies. So, for example, Rosetta is no longer part of the Mac OS. What this means is you can't run PowerPC applications on current Intel native hardware. 
And that may not mean much, except we have the situation with Quicken, which is now addressed, by the way, where the full version of Quicken, not the essentials or abbreviated version, was never updated for Intel Base Max. It came out in 2007. Intel Base Max came out in 2006. And Intuit waits five years till 2012 to deliver Quicken 2007 for hmm. Lion. And they still have the temerity to charge people for the upgrade. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think Quicken for a lot of Mac users has been dead for a long time. You know, they, I, I just don't think that they've shown any commitment to the platform at all. And things like that are just a sad, sad excuse. Does for. the CEO of Intuit still sit on Apple's board? I do believe. Okay, so the CEO of this company, which won't support the Mac platform properly, he's sitting on Apple's board and the board of directors doesn't go to him and say, hey, you know, we're glad to have you on the board, but what's going on over there? Why won't you support the platform better? How much could it cost them? Well, probably cost them quite a bit, but that's not the the point. I think if you're gonna if you're gonna support a platform, then support it. Really, everybody else has to this point, and every major company has has support for the Mac. So, if they're not going to do it, then just get out. You know, I think people are are all about the alternatives now, if there are any good ones, but. There are several pretty good applications, finance applications. I think one of the problems is interfacing with a bank's online bill payment scheme. Evidently, Intuit's able to do that, but it's not such an easy chore. Well, you know, that's a huge problem then, for sure. But I, I still don't think it excuses what's been happening and how long it's taken them to do what should be it shouldn't take them five years to do a compatibility update and they shouldn't be charging for a compatibility update i've said the same thing when microsoft had the first mac os 10 version of office they charged a full upgrade price but there were maybe three or four new features very trivial features it was all about a native mac os 10 version of course quark did that with quark express we have Jim Dalrymple of The Loop at loopinsight.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com 
How can I stop these annoying collection calls? Imagine being free from your debt without settling and with no payment plan, no negotiating or filing bankruptcy, and no attorneys. What if you could eliminate the risk from all your unsecured debt in about 90 days and keep all your money? You can. It's called Zero Debt Guarantee, and it works. There's no other program of its kind on the planet, and we guarantee the results in writing. Call now, 800-477-9256. Let our team of experts provide you with the resources to fight back, stop collection calls, and prevent and stop wage garnishments and bank levies. If you're facing foreclosure, we can help. Don't go it alone. Get free information now by calling 800-477-9256. Talk to an expert who has also completed our program. Call 800-477-9256 for free info or go to ZeroDebtGuarantee.com. That's 800-477-9256 or go to ZeroDebtGuarantee.com. Digestive health is the key to wellness and elimination of toxins. That bears repeating. Digestive health is the key to wellness and elimination of toxins. And Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse is the key to digestive health. Pro-EM-1 is a powerful liquid probiotic, strong enough to cleanse, gentle enough to use every day. Pro-EM-1 is dairy, wheat, and soy-free, contains all natural and certified organic ingredients, contains no preservatives or animal products, supports a healthy digestive and immune system, supports weight loss, improves absorption, Absorption of food nutrients, aids in controlling yeast infections, is never freeze-dried, and uses three groups of live, viable, beneficial microbes to cleanse and remove toxins. Order Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terraganics.com. Spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com. Terraganics.com. Or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Pro-EM-1, the raw probiotic. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. I designed our top-selling holster, the Super Tuck Deluxe, to solve the problems of being poked, pinched, and gouged while carrying concealed. The Super Tuck Deluxe is the most comfortable, most concealable holster on the market today. We offer a two-week free trial and a lifetime warranty. Visit us at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Don't forget, CrossbreedHolsters.com. That's CrossbreedHolsters.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. We have Jim Dalrymple of The Loop at loopinsight.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. And I don't know if we see that very much anymore. I was referring in the previous segment to the fact that we had companies, and Microsoft did it once, Quark did it once, Intuit's doing it now, where they release a version of their product to conform to the requirements of a new operating system with little or no new features, but they still charge you a full upgrade price. I mean, a token price, I understand. I realize that, yeah, it costs money to rebuild an app in a new environment. But 
it's not the same as adding new features. Show a little leniency here. Well, I, I think there's a couple of ways that you can do this. Now, first of all, I have to say that with things like the, the iOS store, uh, where you basically pay once and then people expect to get updates for life, uh, I don't agree with that either. The, the developers need to get paid, and, and I think that if they make a, a significant change uh, to the app or changes to the app, then they should be able to charge for those those chart, uh, changes. Um, if an app hasn't changed enough, then I, I, I believe that people will speak with their wallets and they won't buy it. So when it comes to situations like this with Intuit, they could make a, an Intel-compatible version, and they could add a, a, a lot of new features and say, okay, here you go. Here's an Intel-compatible version. We added all of this new stuff, and this is how much it costs. I, I think people would be okay with that. But when you move to a new platform, and all you do is move to the new platform, I think people do expect some some leniency, as you put it. Uh, they expect to be able to upgrade for for a lesser price. And when they're not able to do that, especially when it's been five years in the making, I, I think that uh, people get, get a little ticked off with stuff like that. I know I would. Now, speaking of upgrades, of course, coming later this year, we expect to see Windows 8 with the controversial Metro interface, which can discuss that later. Now, apparently, Microsoft is going to reduce the number of versions, which is good for customers. They don't have to figure out which one to get. There's going to be like a regular and kind of a pro version, that's it, of Windows 8 and maybe an enterprise version. But then comes a report that the Windows Media Player will lose the ability to play a DVD. Yeah. Okay. Now, I gather part of this, of course, is that Microsoft saves the licensing fee, which could be what? A dollar or two per sale? Oh, wouldn't be that much, would it? I don't know. I don't know what the licensing fee is for... DVD playback capability. But if you can buy a whole new DVD player for $40, you have to think that the licensing fee is minuscule. So why is Microsoft removing it? Well, that's a good question. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, the fact is, I think it's been years since I've actually played a DVD in my computer. But I had the ability to do it with, with my Mac. As a matter of fact, the computer I'm using right now in Air doesn't even have an optical drive. You know, so I, I, I watch everything and listen to everything online through iCloud or through the iTunes store. But the ability to do it should be there. This is and nickel I, and diamond customers because the way it'll work is, all right, you have that PC, and there are tens of millions of PCs sold every year with DVD drives, some with Blu-ray drives. You have the PC with a drive. Suddenly you upgrade to the latest and greatest Windows and you lose a feature. Suddenly it doesn't work unless you either buy a license for DVD playback. I guess Microsoft will sell it optionally or from a third party. Is that fair? You're nickel and diming people. Yeah, I don't think it's fair. I mean, it's just one of those things that you kind of expect is going to be there. You, You don't expect to have to pay extra to play a DVD on your computer, regardless of how much you use it. You don't expect to pay extra for it. Now, some are suggesting here that one of the reasons this happens is that PC makers are making minuscule profits in the rush to the bottom to build the cheapest PC. They're making 5 or 10%. Apple's margins are traditionally like 45 47%. So this is 5 or 10%. They're not making money from PCs. That means the company is about breaking even when you figure operational costs on something like that or maybe losing money. 
So maybe the PC makers will sell you their own licensed DVD playback software as a value-added extra with their PC so they make a few more dollars. They'll sell it to you for $10, $20, $30, most of which is pure profit. Well, that could be too. I mean, certainly for for a lot of these companies, I think it just comes down to um, to the pennies, you know? And that's why Apple's been so successful, I believe. Apple worries about the product, and then the product will sell. But they're not going to sell a product at a loss or with a very small profit margin. I mean, look at the difference with the Amazon Kindle Fire for $200. Now, everyone who looks at that product says that Amazon took a small bath or made a very tiny profit. And Amazon's profits this past quarter weren't that great. Of course, the excuse from Amazon is, well, we put most of our money back into building the business. But I think investors are going to worry about that. Well, I I think so, too. I mean, again, I think it has to come back to, if you look at Apple and what they're doing and the, the crazy amounts of money that they've made over the past few years, it just keeps growing and growing and their influence grows. And the other companies are, are trying their best to, to catch up to them. And they can't. So what does the competitor do? Well, I, I think it's going to take somebody to compete head-to-head with Apple on design. And, and right now that doesn't happen because all the, the competitors are trying to make their products look like Apple products, whether it's a Mac, um, a, a phone, or a tablet. Everybody wants to look like Apple. Well, then the only operating system choice is Android. So everybody acts the same. They all have the same fragmentation problems like you discussed earlier. Um, so it's just a problem with the whole industry except for Apple. And Apple's able to change and and do what they want to do anytime they want. They don't have to worry about answering to a software maker or they don't have to, you know, as an OS company, they don't have to worry about uh, answering to a bunch of hardware makers. They do it all. Now, speaking of imitation and features, I'm looking at a story at MacRumors.com where there's a new Ultrabook computer. This is Intel's platform to provide thin and light notebooks, which are very much like the MacBook Air. And this is called the Envy Spectre XT Ultrabook. I can't even say that without <laughs> stumbling. This is the way Apple has MacBook Air or MacBook Pro or iMac. Instead, HP, having no clue about anything, now their CEO, by the way, is the one who used to be CEO of eBay, Meg Whitman. So nobody has a clue how to... So this product is called the Envy Spectre XT Ultrabook. And when you look at the thing, it looks very much like a MacBook Air. (laughs) Of course, HP says, well, no, it doesn't. I mean, yeah, we use magnesium... To make our silver notebook, they're using aluminum. So therefore, even though ours is silver and theirs is silver, it's different. We did audio as a component, which means nothing to anybody. That's the difference. Another excuse, we have a different kind of keyboard execution, which means the keyboard looks a little different. Therefore, our product is different. How can you say it looks like the MacBook Air? Yeah. 
And it's just, it's ridiculous. It really is. And worst is they produce these things as cheaply as possible. They cut the prices to the bone. And what happens? They don't make any money. If a company doesn't make any money, what do they do? They have to cheapen the customer support because there's a built-in budget for support with any product they sell. They have to maybe use lesser quality components because you have to go to the bottom. You know, you have to sell it as cheap as possible, not make a decent profit and provide employment for everybody and provide good value. We get good value. From Jim Dalrymple of the Loop at loopinsight.com, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack of the Rockwoods. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack of the Rockwood, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231 and the Berkey guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at GoBerkey.com. That's GoBerkey.com today. That's what it sounds like when a burglar kicks in the door of a dark house that looks like no one is home. Don't let your home be the next target. Make it look like someone is home watching television with fake TV. Fake TV is a small electronic device that makes the same light as a real television. So from outside, it looks like someone is home watching TV. Fake TV plugs in just like a lamp on a timer, but is far more convincing to burglars. Fake TV deters burglars, costs far less than an alarm, and is highly recommended by numerous police departments. Use it anytime you're away from home. To order your fake TV for only $34.95, go to faketv.com or call one 877 5 fake tv Each additional fake TV is only $29.95. 
So get one for you and one for a loved one for safety, security, and peace of mind for both of you. Call 877-5-FAKE-TV or go to faketv.com. Faketv.com, the burglar deterrent. Attention, information in this one-minute message could save your life. Don't wait for the next emergency to happen. Act now to be prepared. Now, more than ever, civilians and communities must communicate with family, friends, and neighbors in the event of civil unrest, natural disasters, or other emergencies. That's why there's CivilDispatch.com. CivilDispatch.com is a universal system that can be used for a wide array of urgent notification alerts. Weather emergencies, civil unrest, emergency responders, amber alerts, school or business closings, any need-to-know situation. CivilDispatch.com is an emergency dispatch communication system, allowing anyone to quickly and easily send and instantaneously track emergency email and text alert notifications. CivilDispatch.com gives you the power of enterprise alerting without the enterprise cost. Don't find yourself unprepared. Learn more and become a member at CivilDispatch.com. That's CivilDispatch.com. Civilian Emergency Dispatch System. Peace through preparedness. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. We have Jim Dalrymple of the Loop at LoopInsight.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl live. And we were talking here about platforms and about how Apple won't play the rush to the bottom, how Microsoft is nickel and diamond customers by removing DVD playback. Now, remember the first version of Mac OS X didn't have DVD playback. It was added in 10.1 because it was basically a glorified public beta. But Apple added the features back that were missing. They didn't take them away and charge you for them. Well, and yeah, they were missing. That was was definitely a... A problem, but you know, it's fixed, and they added it back. and And you're right, OS 10 when it was released certainly was not ready. The print but, architecture was really bare bones. Later on, Apple licensed an open source technology. In fact, they bought the whole company and brought it into the Mac OS. But then printing became first rate. But the first couple of iterations of Mac OS and didn't print well. So maybe yeah. now Microsoft should say, well, people don't need printing anymore. After all, we get everything online. They're trying to sell a cloud-based service anyway. SkyDrive is it. So therefore, let's remove the printing function. That's optional. <laughs> I, you know, it's, it's a funny thing. that ha- I can't imagine that, that that kind of stuff would happen. Now, Apple's not above removing hardware or software from the operating system. You know, they've removed optical drives. Um, They removed years ago uh, floppy drives. They added in things like USB, uh, Firewire, Thunderbolt. They they just seem to be ahead of the curve on pretty much everything. I mean, they identified with the MacBook Air, there, there is a segment of the population that wants a small but powerful computer quality computer and that's something that the pc market doesn't understand it's not just that people want a small ultrabook or 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 a netbook those things were underpowered and they couldn't do anything people want a powerful computer but in a small form factor 
And that's what Apple delivered. The MacBook Air selling like hotcakes. So why wouldn't people want to buy that? They can do everything that they could do before. They don't need an optical drive. I mean, I don't need an optical drive. I can't remember the last time I used a, a CD or a DVD. So why wouldn't I want that smaller form factor? Very lightweight. I just got back from a trip um, last week from Ireland, spent a week in Ireland, took my MacBook Air with me. It was like carrying a magazine. It's so light. That's By the perfect. way, folks, Apple does sell for $79 an optional optical drive. I wonder how many people buy them. I actually have one, um, but I don't need it. So, you know, for me, it was kind of a waste of 79 bucks. But, you know, I wasn't sure at the time and, and bought it. But at least you have a chance to test it, a chance to review it. Yeah. It works just yeah, like I, the internal drive, right? Absolutely. You just plug it into the USB port, and it's a, it's, it looks like a, a, a small external optical drive. You know, put a CD or a DVD in. Um, but oh, I've, I've never used it. I download all my software. Uh, you know, use the Mac App Store. It's got a couple of USB ports, so I can plug in my iPhone and my iPad. I, I, there's just no need for, for that kind of stuff. And all it does is take up room, and it makes it heavier. So, you know, you, you sit at the, the lounge uh, at the airport, and everybody's pulling out these big, heavy computers. And I'm thinking, why do you need that? You're sitting at an airport right now, and all you want to do is pull your laptop and do, you know, look at a report or surf the web or whatever. Why do you need uh, those old COM ports? And why do you need um, the, the big DVD drive and all of this kind of stuff? You don't need it. You're not going to use it. This, of course, is the question I guess my son will confront because he has an aging black MacBook from 2008 where everything is broken on it at least once. At least Apple's been cooperative with repairs. Although the LCD display went for the second time. Right out of warranty, about a year out of warranty, so we have to see what that might cost him. Okay, his problem would be that he still has DVDs and CDs he wants to use. So he'd require the external drive. But I think over time that's going to disappear. Let's go back to the time that the iMac came out in 1998 without a floppy drive and they had external floppy drives you had the super drive you had other drives out there and they were okay for a while as a crutch and as soon as people copied all their floppies onto a cd or something then those things disappeared yeah apple saw the future and it was a good future now are the windows ultrabooks also pretty much coming without optical drives I don't know. I think that they must. They, they, or they must not have them. They can't be that thin with an optical drive. No, no, they couldn't be. They couldn't be. And that's good. They, sh they, they shouldn't have them. Yesterday's technology. I still have some CDs to rip into iTunes, maybe 50 or 100 of them. When and if I ever get that done, I won't need the optical drive anymore. That's what keeps it here. So one of these days, I will be able to live without the optical drive. Not yet, but I'm still thinking, of course, desktop Macs will have them. But possibly the next MacBook Pro is going to be basically a glorified MacBook Air. What do you think? Well, I mean, you I, have I insights that a lot of us don't have. That's why it's called Loop Insight. You hear things. <laughs> what are you hearing about the next 
Mac notebooks? Oh, I have I have no knowledge of the the next Mac uh, notebooks, but you know, looking at what Apple uh, has done and where they've been going, it wouldn't surprise me to see at least the 15-inch uh, notebook uh, come without an optical drive and be much, much thinner. It wouldn't surprise me at all because I, I, I'm using a 13-inch Air right now because I don't need the optical drive in the 15. The 15 is bigger. It's heavier. Why, why, why do I want it? I don't. You know, it's not that it's not a good computer. It is. But the the 13 and 11, for that matter, um, MacBook Airs are, are very powerful. They run solid-state drives, and they're very fast. Now, the only thing I've heard that bothers me is that Apple might discontinue the 17-inch model. It doesn't sell an awful lot, but content creators, I think, like the bigger screen. I like the bigger screen. I've been getting 17-inch notebooks from Apple since they first came out, the PowerBook G4 with a 17-inch display. In fact, that particular model I gave to my sister-in-law. They're still using it. This is, what, a 2002, 2003 model. I would yeah. like to see that. I like the larger screen, but maybe that's just me. Yeah, and a lot of content creators would agree with you that that, that is a, a really good model for them. I, I don't know if Apple will discontinue that or not. But, um, you know, moving the 15-inch line to a, a thinner uh, model with no optical drive makes sense to me. Now, I would have no issue with that at all. I, th- I think it's a smart move. Quick opinion, totally out of left field, before we close this segment with you, Jim Dalrymple. And that is an Apple Smart TV. Is that going to happen? I wouldn't bet against it. I really wouldn't. I I think that Apple is going to enter markets where it feels it can change the market and where it can influence the future of the market. And I think TVs are wide open for that, just the same way that the MP3 market was open for that with the iPod and the phone market was was open for it, the tablet market. That's the type of thing that Apple does now. And I think that they can influence it. They've been influenced computers and all of those other devices that I just mentioned. They've influenced the whole market. And they can do it again. And, you know, who knows whether TVs will will be that market, but it could be. Part of it is some people suggest Apple wants to have a subscription service But that problem is going to take us into the issues that I've been talking about with some of our guests, the bandwidth caps imposed by ISPs. If you're streaming high-definition TV 24-7 or even 8 or 10 hours a day, those bandwidth caps will be blown to smithereens. not going to happen. Yeah, they will indeed. I mean, you know, some of these movies are, are a few gigs each. Hey, Jim Dalrymple, where do we find more of your stuff? You can find me on Twitter at jdalwarmple and at The Loop at loopinsight.com. You can find us, by the way, on Twitter, where we are Tech Night Owl. That's Tech Night Owl on Twitter. Jim Dalrymple, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thanks, Gene. The GCN Radio Network. 
Providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. G-C-N. Great talk radio starts here. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Well, we have Adam Inks of Tidbits and Take Control Books joining us. And a lot has happened in the last few weeks since we had Adam on. First, of course, we had Mrs. Inks, Tanya, who's the real boss of the operation. And she was a very <laughs> fascinating person to interview. It was the first time we had her on the show. Well, she, uh, she's, a, she's a little bit shyer at some of these things. She's really good. I'd like her to do it a lot more often. In any case... One of the big issues in the Apple universe over the past few weeks has been that of security. And it started with this flashback malware outbreak. Now, as I take it, and correct me if I'm wrong, when flashback first debuted, and now it became a Java issue, but originally it was a flash issue, wasn't it? Yes. One of the things that's been interesting about flashback is that... It has evolved since, I believe, September, October of 2011 to use numerous different infection methods um, and to take advantage of different vulnerabilities in Mac OS X. But that what it's trying to do once it is available, uh, you know, once it is installed on your system, is roughly the same thing. And that's why the security companies have maintained that name, even though it no longer applies to Flash at all. So what would happen when you had it infecting Flash if you ran some sort of Flash applet on your browser? It would then start doing its stuff? If I remember correctly, and this was long enough ago, that and, and keep in mind with all of these things is that we're working on second or third-hand information almost all the time because sure. only the security companies ever see this stuff. Um, I mean, obviously, real people who get infected see it, but you know, if, if I'm not infected, then I just have no chance to see it. So, but my understanding is is that um, what and it was certainly what it did in some some of the later incarnations was that it would try to use social engineering, so it 
it would put up a dialogue that would say, you know, you need to enter your admin administrator password, and it would try to look like an exi- you know a dialogue from a real program. And so the idea was to fool people into uh, entering their administrator password, and once it had the administrator password, it could install itself. So that way, it required that the victim or potential victim do something. But with the latest version of Flashback, just running a Java applet in your browser from an infected site was sufficient. You didn't have to give a password. It would just happen. And that's and that's the part of it that gets the scariest, because at that point you are vulnerable simply by having gone to the wrong site. And by the wrong, I mean a site that could be actively malicious and be simply set up as a you know to to capture you, or it could be a site that for whatever reason has been compromised by the bad guys uh, you know, in some other way and is inadvertently and unknowingly acting as a host for the infection. And worse, you don't know before you visit that no. site that this site is infected. There's no outward indication or evidence. Well, and the... Uh, the, the it's, inter- it, I'm, it's interesting because I'm actually dealing with uh, what I think is a completely separate – I mean, it is completely separate. It's a, it's a Windows, some kind of malware um, warning that people in my runner's club are getting when they go to the runner's club site. And I don't use Windows, so I'm not seeing this. I'm trying to figure out what it is that's going on and, and how, to, how to help them because they're not very technical to fix it. But it is – you know, sort of an interesting question of you know if you're if you're a bad guy setting up a malicious site and trying to sucker someone into visiting it by you know getting it into Google search results is one way to work, but boy, it's a whole lot more effective if you can somehow take over a site that a real site that people really do visit and don't expect there to be problems on in any way, shape, or form. Ouch. Yeah. So it's. I mean, it's been interesting watching you know the reaction. There's actually. Um, uh, another way of limiting the the uh, virulence of something like Flashback has actually come from the Open DNS people, and these people they provide a free DNS service. So you can you can type the IP numbers of their DNS servers into your network preference pane, and from then on, your computer when it's asked when it asks to look up you know what is www.takecontrolbooks.com and gets an IP address back to know to go to, OpenDNS is saying we have vetted you know, most of these URLs, or I'm saying it the wrong way, that we have this list of bad actors, sites that are infected, sites that are, sites that are malicious, and we're go- either not going to let you go to them or we're going to warn you in a really big way when you try. Now, OpenDNS has been on the show, the founder, David Yulovich, has been a guest on the Tech Night Out Live who was here a few years ago. And it's really simple to set up. I take a lot of people yeah. through it. The best way is to set it up on the router level. So your router is configured for OpenDNS, so any device that connects to the Internet, your iPhone, your iPad, whatever, even your Android phone, where you may have problems with virus or malware vulnerabilities, it's going through OpenDNS. We recommend it highly. Yeah, and it's, it's, what I like about it, is it's not it's it's by no means perfect because they rely on a database of known phishing and malicious sites and so you know until a site becomes known and sort of gets into that database you won't be protected from it obviously but once you once it is in there um then 
everyone who uses OpenDNS is protected. And that's a really nice way of doing things without requiring people to even install additional antivirus software or let the user go to the site and um, and you know and and you know hopefully they have antivirus software. They hopefully it's updated. Hopefully it catches the problem. You know all of those things sort of have to be true. And this is just security. There is no magic bullet with security. Security is one of those situations where you need a range of protections. Um, you know, if you think of it as physical security, you know, you have a secure motion security light outside, you have um, a lock on your door, you might have two. If you live in New York City, you might have three or four locks on your we door. We have three in Arizona. Yeah. And so, you know, so that, that's the kind of situation where you're not relying on one thing to protect you. And, you know, if you get into more serious, you know, corporate level security, there's, you know, the, the guys who drive around, there's the buildings are locked, the buildings are key carded, um, you know, once you get into the building, the computers need passwords, you know, you just have layer after layer after layer of security. And of course, in the you, spy films, you always see them cutting out somebody's eye so they could use it for a retina <laughs> So just keep your eyes safe, folks, because they're dangerous. Precisely, and that's and that's why. But see, that's why you don't use just the retina scanner, because the idea is that every no one layer is expected to be perfect. That the idea is that you you have this entire onion, and until you peel back the entire onion, you can't get in, and so it stops a whole lot. And so OpenDNS provides a nice additional layer that no one should rely on, but that I think um, people, you know, could very well add with very little difficulty and, you know, just gain a little bit more security that way. One of the criticisms made with regard to the flashback virus was the fact that Apple didn't react as quickly as they might have. Remember, supposedly the Java vulnerability that allowed flashback to infect your Mac through a browser was fixed by Oracle in February, but it took, what, two, three months before Apple got around to releasing a Java patch. Did they fall down the job? What happened? You know, I'm not 100% up on what's happening with Java because Java is Oracle's. Um, You know, Oracle... You know, is is in charge of Java, but Java's you know various level of open standard, et cetera, et cetera, open source, all that. And so, for a long time, Apple had been producing their own version of Java, and I'm under the impression that in the last year or so, the goal had been for Apple to hand that back to to Oracle because Apple, frankly, doesn't care that much about Java. As a matter of fact, now it's an optional install on your Mac. We have Adam Inks of Tidbits and Take Control Books. I'm Gene Steinberg. This is the Tech Night Out Live. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack of the Rockwell. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, 
The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. Hi, Jason Lewis here. Anybody who's been listening to my program knows how shaky the U.S. economy is right now. Will we have a V-shaped recovery or will it be a W-shaped one where the nation slips back into recession? Of course, if you think that Washington can spend or inflate its way out of a downturn, you've got nothing to worry about. But as you know, I have my doubts. So let me tell you about gold. Now, as my friend Ted Anderson from Midas Resources likes to say, gold, like all commodity markets, fluctuates in price, and you could lose money. But it has never been worth zero. Give it some thought, and if you're interested in converting your IRA to gold or would like to actually have it in your possession, call Midas Resources today at 1-800-686-2237. The U.S. dollar was once backed by gold, but has since lost 90% of its value. And if things don't change, I'm afraid the trend will continue. Call Midas Resources today at 1-800-686-2237 for gold and tell them Jason Lewis sent you. Extend your life with Extendovite. A healthy heart starts with Extendovite. I've always believed that I had to have a strong defense to overcome the new superbugs of today. Extendivite, a seven-herb heart protection cocktail, not only helped me to overcome a massive heart attack, but it also has built up my natural immune defenses against colds and flus. Extendivite has so many benefits that we all should be taking Extendivite to build up our defenses for what superbugs might emerge yet. So start today, clean out the toxins, and be as healthy as you can be. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit our website at heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendovite. 37 things to hoard. Do you have the 37 crucial food items you can't survive without? When the next disaster hits and the mobs go crazy grabbing food off the shelves, you and your family may be without food or waiting in long food lines. Prepare now at 123survivalplan.com. Easy as 123 to remember. 123survivalplan.com. Many people don't have these 37 food items. Learn what you need to hoard now at 123survivalplan.com. Watch the video we've set up for patriots only at 123 survivalplan.com get inside information on the 37 food items that will sell out first when the next disaster strikes this video contains crucial information you and your family need to prepare for any natural or man-made disaster in the last six months over one million other smart patriots have already seen this video prepare now go to 123survivalplan.com and learn which 37 food items you should hoard easy to remember 123survivalplan.com again that's 123survivalplan.com Welcome back to Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, it's Uncle Gene. Yeah, it's him. Who is that masked man, anyway? We have Adam Inks to take control books and tidbits. We're talking about map security. And the big question on the table here, of course, is whether Apple is reacting fast enough to potential malware infections. So 
We have the situation here where Apple has been handing off support of the Mac version of Java back to Oracle, who currently owns it and is embroiled, by the way, in that lawsuit over intellectual property with Google. That's a complicated issue, and we don't want to get into it right now. Maybe we will later. In any particular case, so Apple doesn't release this update for two or three months, at which time it's estimated that as many as 600,000 Macs are impacted. Now, can we believe that figure? Actually, yes, we can. Um, the from what I have uh, what I've read about that figure, the way that is being calculated is that um, sites, security sites are setting up these. They're called sinkholes, where they're redirecting traffic that that uh, infected Macs are attempting to send back to the command and control servers and taking it themselves. And and included in the information that infected Macs send back is a unique ID. So they are pretty certain that those are real Macs. Um, and they are indeed Macs. They are not PCs, that kind of stuff. So those numbers are pretty good. And, um, you know, we, we, it's a little frustrating, you know, seeing that they haven't actually dropped as fast, you know, as this has been huge news. I forget, you know, I've seen some varying numbers, you know, from, you know, 60 or 70,000 to 300,000 that are still active. But, you know, there's, got a, there's a lot of people out there who, you know, they don't read the Mac press. They may not even see mainstream technology press. And if that's true, then they're going to stay infected until they someone, something alerts them. Okay, flashback takes over your Mac. What does it do? Well, what it seems to do primarily is attempt to steal information about you mostly things like passwords and credit card information and stuff like that. And to that end, it actually infects network applications like Safari and Firefox and Skype. So, you know, again, not having seen this, I am sort of repeating what I've I've heard from people who have seen it. It's not something you want to see up close and personal. No, it, it's not. And, and you know, I said, it's, this is not really what I do for a living. I'm not a security researcher. So, you know, that's, um, that's been a little, a little tough. But, you know, again, the problem with infecting an app is that whenever you inject code into an app, you tend to make it less stable because that code was not written by the original programmers who tested it to make sure it works perfectly. Probably the most obvious indication that you're infected with flashback if you haven't done one of the many other tests to figure out if you're infected or run antivirus software is that apps will start crashing a lot, network apps. So if you're just seeing a lot of instability in your web browser and in Skype and in iChat and all those kinds of things, that's an indication that the app has been infected and, you know, and is basically having this parasitic code inside it, uh, stealing whatever information it can and, and sending it back to the command and control servers. Now, finally, Apple reacted. They released an updated version of Java, then another one a couple of days later. Then even a third one, the third one also disabled the ability to play Java applets in Safari unless or until you turned it on. But they also checked to see, I'm trying to understand this, whether you had actually used the applet in the last few weeks. I think 30 days. Yeah, 30 days. Like what is the point of all that? It was very confusing. Well, well it was confusing. And... 
I think what Apple is basically saying, this is actually not inappropriate, which is there are two places that Java can run on your Mac. One is it can run for full-blown applications normally. And so there's a lot of apps, including, say, CrashPlan. I think Spotify, you know, various, various other apps rely on Java. Anything that's cross-platform uh, and fairly complete app that's cross-platform is likely to rely on Java. And you probably, if you have those installed, you probably care pretty deeply. And, and when you installed Lion and you wanted to run CrashPlan, you got this pop-up that said, you don't have Java, you have to install it. You did that. Everything is fine. Now, Crash Plan, by the way, is a very good online backup service. It's one that we here at the Night Owl use. And they're not an advertiser, so this is just a recommendation. They should advertise, but we'll get into that. (laughs) And and we have take control of Crash Plan backups for anyone who needs to learn more about it. But that was an ad. That was an ad. They're brought to you by. And the second place that Java um, can run is inside your web browser. And this is what are called Java applets. And so if you go to a website where some of the functionality is provided by a Java applet, then you need to have the Java plugin and what's called Java Web Start installed in your system. That is. Again, if you install Java, you're going to have those. Now, some of the apps um, so, that will use that will be things like online chat rooms. Really, it's, it tends to be kind of more co- more real-time stuff. So the really big example are web conferencing software or remote control software, where they need kind of the additional functionality that Java provides, because Java is a full-board development environment and can do a ton of stuff. Um, but they do not, uh, you know... Particularly older stuff, you know, Java was one of the very few ways to do some of these extreme things inside a web browser. Flash is actually another. Uh, And um, and now we've gotten to the point where you can use HTML5 to do a lot of this stuff. So is this going to therefore discourage developers from supporting Java because of the fact that, you know, more and more Mac users, if they're not going to sites with Java-enabled apps, they're just going to see it disabled because of Apple's updates. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if, if, if I were a developer who was planning on you know, releasing some new, some new service and, and I expected a lot of my potential users to be Mac users, I would, that would be a major strike against developing in Java. Okay. Now, the question, I guess, is here, do you think Apple took too long to get this update out? Couldn't they have acted faster? We're talking about 600,000 Mac users being infected. Obviously, we can see what Apple is doing now about security, but then it looked like they took far too long to get started. Yeah, I, I think they did take too long, honestly, that it is a major problem when there is a known vulnerability and fixed by Oracle, and then it does not get fixed on the Mac side because clearly whoever is behind flashback said whoa what an opportunity and they and they took took advantage of it in a big way and i believe i mean the people behind flashbacks are believed to be the same people who were behind mac defender last year and they have shown repeatedly now that they are capable of taking advantage of vulnerabilities very quickly and so it becomes a cat and mouse game these are smart people We have to say that. Forget about the fact that they are criminals. They're very smart people. So they took advantage of this, and Apple, by its inaction, for whatever reason, 
and we don't know what went on behind the scenes, and we can't even guess because Apple won't tell us, that created the climate for more infections. But Apple has turned around a little bit, as we'll discuss in a moment. We have Adam Inkst of Tidbits and Take Control Books. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. How's your pH today? Are you acidic? How alkaline is your blood and body? What is the pH of the water you drink? We are AlkaVision, and we have the answers. Drinking pure, high-alkaline water is one of the most important factors in maintaining vibrant health and high energy because bacteria and viruses cannot survive in an alkaline, high-pH environment. If your drinking water isn't at a pH level of 8 or higher, boost it with AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops. Our unique formula will alkalize your water, ridding your body of harmful toxins and acid, and help regain energy and health. Simply add 10 drops of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops to help your body rid itself of acidic waste, increase oxygen, and raise the pH of your body to optimal levels. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops for only $29.95 at AlkaVision.com, spelled A-L-K-A-Vision.com, or call 800-518-7615, 800-518-7615. Alkalize your body, supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com. You may snicker when you hear this message, but you won't laugh after you experience the best-kept health secret ever, camel milk. Camel milk is loaded with health benefits far superior to other milk. Camel milk has antibacterial, antiviral, and anti-tumor properties, is rich in B vitamins, and camel milk is three times higher in vitamin C than cow's milk and ten times higher in iron. And camel milk contains 52 units of insulin-like proteins per liter, effectively lowering blood sugar levels. Many of our members testified that drinking camel milk reversed diabetes and greatly improved autism. Camel milk is easily digested by those who are lactose and beta casein intolerant and comes fresh or frozen from your trusted local family farm shipped on dry ice to preserve freshness. Go to CamelMilkForSale.com now and look under Products and Pricing for this spring special with free bonus pints. That's CamelMilkForSale.com, CamelMilkForSale.com. Attention, information in this one-minute message could save your life. 
Don't wait for the next emergency to happen. Act now to be prepared. Now, more than ever, civilians and communities must communicate with family, friends, and neighbors in the event of civil unrest, natural disasters, or other emergencies. That's why there's CivilDispatch.com. CivilDispatch.com is a universal system that can be used for a wide array of urgent notification alerts. Weather emergencies, civil unrest, emergency responders, amber alerts, school or business closings, any need-to-know situation. CivilDispatch.com is an emergency dispatch communication system, allowing anyone to quickly and easily Send and instantaneously track emergency email and text alert notifications. CivilDispatch.com gives you the power of enterprise alerting without the enterprise cost. Don't find yourself unprepared. Learn more and become a member at CivilDispatch.com. That's CivilDispatch.com. Civilian Emergency Dispatch System. Peace through preparedness. Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the tech night owl because you never know what's going to happen next you know some people have asked me who that other mass man is who's doing the announcements that's a guy named rj kite and i worked with him in radio like 30 40 years ago and then one day he wrote me on facebook and i said hey bob love to have your voice on the show would you do some bumpers for us and there he is we have Adam Ace of Take Control Books and Tidbits. We're talking about Mac security. So Apple, after taking too much time for whatever reason, gets out three quick Java updates and then a separate flashback remover that wasn't using Java. Now that separate standalone flashback remover, that's for people who were in- infected by the Java vulnerability but a different way. Now, without going into exquisite detail here, that flashback remover is for those who possibly got infected through Flash, the original way that Flashback was available, and not through a Java invulnerability. So let's not make that more complicated than it is. Okay, so since then, we hear another report that file vault passwords yeah. are potentially logged in plain text in macOS 10.7.3. Now, this is one of another issue where it doesn't make very much sense unless you sit back and explain it. So we know FileVault is a encryption capability of part of Mac OS X. The changes being in the older versions of Mac OS X, you could encrypt your user's directory, your personal stuff. Yeah. With Lion, you can encrypt the entire drive. So what happened here? Explain what went wrong. Well, yeah, this is... I mean, this is complicated, folks. This is complicated. Take notes. Get your notepad, get your iPad, whatever, take notes. So the important takeaway is that the belief is that very few people were affected by this. But what happened was in Mac OS X 10.7.3, and keep in mind that 10.7.4 just came out, um, 10.7.3, if you had upgraded your Mac from 10.6 Snow Leopard... And you had had the original file vault enabled when you did the update. And you did not switch to file vault 2, which works in a completely different way. Then it, your file vault password your, would be logged in plain text in a, basically from some debugging code that had been left in accidentally. 
Plain text <laughs> means that anyone who gets control of your Mac could potentially see the password? Precisely. But you have to you get physical is. control of the Mac? Um, or network control? Yeah, it's one of those things. Where it's, it's actually probably, if you had gotten remote control, that would have been good enough, too. So, I mean, this is bad, no question. You know, this is a major kind of lapse, but it's basically just a mistake. You know, sort of shouldn't, I don't think anything significant should be read into this because this could be as simple as, you know, as, as someone, you know, forgetting to turn off a certain type of debug code, you know, before shipping 1073, because it didn't happen in 10701 or 2. And, you know, and so I, I hesitate to assign any significant value to the fact that Apple did this. And you have to uh, think, though, is, any individual developer who did this certainly got a tongue lashing from somebody. Scott Forstall walked was, into his yeah. office and screamed at him. He did his say, mini Steve Jobs old, imitation. In the old days, Steve Jobs would have come down and fired him. But, <laughs> but, you know, but again, it's one of those things where... Former this, Mac this developer seeks new job. I think we're seeing that ad right now. It's such a simple mistake. I mean, obviously, you, know, you don't know what's involved with the mistake. But clearly, this is not an indication that, oh... Apple has, you know, it doesn't take security seriously. It's just a mistake. The only thing that I can say is that um, it feels to me like the last, really, frank, frankly, four or five small releases of Mac OS X um, have had some sloppy errors. That the last two in Snow Leopard, there's been some issues in, in Lion, you know. It, it's it's troubling when you know a new version of Mac OS X comes out and people you know a day or two later start saying how come I can't print from my my you know my my uh, Rosetta apps how come my fonts don't you know work Things, stuff like that and it feels as though Apple's not been doing enough testing you know again this is sufficiently small that I don't think it would have been uh, caught anyway. Just to but, be fair, and, and, and to perfectly be fair, balanced here, it becomes- Microsoft yeah. has released three rapid-fire updates to Office 2011 SP2. The first one yes. screwed up your identity database with Outlook for the Mac 2011. The second one fixed that. The third one added security fixes. And this all yeah. came within, yeah. what, a month or so? Well, and, and I do think... It is worth pointing out that this stuff is harder than it looks. You that, think? <laughs> that we users sometimes get this feeling that, oh, it's easy. How come you didn't test it? And yet we're talking about systems probably with millions of lines of code. Okay, so 10.7.4 so, you know, released this week has a handful of fixes, one of which is to clean up the file vault password exposure bug. And boy, if you can say that yes. twice fast, you're good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, ten seven four was uh, was uh, you know was totally in the works anyway, um, and I'm sure that it was one of those things where they were probably ready, and someone said, "Oh my God, you know what Bozo left this in? Quick, you know, Rev ten seven four to include, you know, to 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 close this problem." That you know, there's no reason to assume that Apple knew about it. I mean, that what happened with this one was there's actually, although it was, um, 
although it, man, it was mentioned on the the Apple discussion boards, you know, three months ago or something. It you know it wasn't until very recently a guy named David Emery, who's a security guy, uh, you know, raises it as an issue, and then Apple moves very quickly. You know that mentioning something on the Apple discussions, not reporting that is not the same as reporting to Apple. Apple probably so, doesn't have the time to monitor those boards with very much attention. Because there's so many thousands I, of messages. I, I guess they sort of do it, and they should be doing it. I mean, they should see that a lot of people are complaining about something. They should pay attention, but it doesn't seem that it works that way. It does I'm, seem, I'm however, sure they're they paying more some- attention to what security researchers say. From what I've been hearing that, yes, security researchers, they pay attention to, and actually, frankly, the media they pay attention to. So, you know, so if, you know, and and actually, I did get email from some guy who, you know, had run into something that looked like malware. And when I, you know, ran it by my, my, my contacts in the security world, they said, well, it's not actually malware. We believe that, you know, it sort of does what it says it does. Um, you know, it's more like, Scamware, you know, it's like those toolbars and windows that are constantly trying to get you to to use them in place of other things, and you know, and feed you tons of extra ads. Yeah, so it's 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 sleazy, but it's not actually malicious. And so, but but that was one of those things where I thought, great, this guy has has talked to me because I'm in a position to do something about it, as opposed to posting a complaint on a random mailing list or in the Apple discussion boards where. Maybe a media person will run into it later and and write something up, but very likely not because again we don't have the resources to monitor those thousands of messages either. You have to wonder sometimes when things happen. Some of these Mac rumor sites and some of them do really good work, but they seem to know everything. It's like they've got people twenty four seven watching the Apple Store for some kind of shutdown, watching those support forums to look for some kind of bug that might be discovered. I mean, do yeah. people have a life? I well, don't know. I yeah. think I try to think I do. Well, I think for a lot of that sort of stuff, if you if you can figure out how to do it, you can essentially crowdsource it. You get enough people watching and telling you about stuff, then then it works. But yeah, I agree. I mean, it's just you know, for those of us who you know also wish to look into stuff and make sure that it's real before we write about it. Um, it can it's it's a little bit more intense you can't just uh you can't just write an article about something that you know people you read somewhere very quickly so we don't want that to happen we have by the way adam inks of take control books and tidbits i'm gene steinberg you're in the tech night out live Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack of the Rockwells. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com.
That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack, Attack of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. I designed our top-selling holster, the Super Tuck Deluxe, to solve the problems of being poked, pinched, and gouged while carrying concealed. The Super Tuck Deluxe is the most comfortable, most concealable holster on the market today. We offer a two-week free trial and a lifetime warranty. Visit us at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Don't forget, CrossbreedHolsters.com. That's CrossbreedHolsters.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. American gardeners and fellow patriots make the right choice with your money, time, and your family food supply. Choose 100% pure heirloom seeds in the Survival Seed Vault from MyPatriotSupply.com. Why spend more? The Survival Seed Vault from MyPatriotSupply.com is only $37.95 and includes 20 varieties of pure, hardy, easy-to-grow heirloom seeds. Yes, only $37.95. That's 70% less than our competitors. You could buy three Survival Seed Vaults for less than one of theirs. The Survival Seed Vault from MyPatriotSupply.com includes detailed planting and seed saving instructions and ship same day. Plus, all orders over $49 ship free. MyPatriotSupply.com is American owned by patriots like you, passionate about freedom and preparedness. Call now, 866-229-0927. That's 866-229-0927. Or discover more emergency preparedness items when you order at MyPatriotSupply.com. Choose the original. Choose the Survival Seed Vault at MyPatriotSupply.com. Introducing a diabetes breakthrough, an easy, natural, organic way to bring relief to diabetics. Introducing MDS Forte, a concentrated super strength extract formulated for those who are looking for relief. What can MDS Forte do for you? MDS Forte reduces glucose levels safely and effectively, reduces cholesterol and triglyceride levels, increases HDL or good cholesterol while reducing LDL or bad cholesterol. MDS Forte reduces A1C, improves eyesight and circulation to the limbs, and helps with weight loss. Is non-toxic, caffeine-free, 100% natural, 100% organic, and comes with a 100% money-back guarantee. Waiting for the side effects disclaimers? With MDS Forte, there are none. Order a 25-day treatment of MDS Forte by calling 213-405-5355. 213-405-5355. Or visit bestbloodsupport.com. That's bestbloodsupport.com for MDS Forte, a diabetes breakthrough. know what's going to happen next well here's the tech night owl live with gene steinberg hey there we have anime some tidbits and take control books joining us we're talking a lot about max security and about the rapid-fire release of the 10.7.4 update, rumored for a while, but containing that fix to the file vault problem. Now, to show how rapid-fire this was, Adam, 
In addition to 10.7.4, of course, we had a Safari 5.1.6 update with some fixes. And then that's not good enough. There's a 5.1.7 Safari. What did that fix? <laughs> the, I'm uh, gobsmacked the, the Safari, here. Yeah, the, the Safari one is actually pretty interesting because one of the let – me, let me step back, actually, because Flashback, I think, plays into this. And there's another, another bit of malware called Sabpub, which does as well, that – one of the things that's been interesting about seeing these different variants of this bad software is that they aren't always, the new variants aren't always taking advantage of new security vulnerabilities. Sometimes they're taking advantage of perfectly known closed security vulnerabilities on the assumption that people have not updated. And so what Apple did with Safari 5.7.1 is they said, okay, if you're not running a version of Flash that can automatically update itself, which current versions can, but version 10 and or yeah, I forget what it is, 11 point something or other can't if it's earlier than that. It's very recent, um, by the way, that Adobe added this capability. Yeah, like last year, nine months, something like that. And this was great, actually, because honestly, uh, updating Flash before this was a royal pain in the butt. It was not an easy, not an easy task either. You had sort of had to know you had to go do it and go get the software from Adobe and restart your web browsers and all this. So in any event, what Safari 5.7.1 is doing is saying, if you're not running a version of Flash that can be automatically updated, we're not even going to load it. And Flash will simply not work. And that's great because that means that all the people who are running Flash 10 or whatever that can't update itself and is, you know, got holes the size of a truck for the security guy, the, you know, the malware guys to drive through, those people are suddenly going to stop having access to Flash until they update. And when they update, they'll get the new version and they'll be in the automatic update uh, you know, approach. Also, I think this also, and also the steps that Apple took with Java, they help discourage people from using Java and from using Flash, right? Because it just makes it more difficult. Yep. I think there is no question that Apple is deprecating all of these alternative development environments. They want you they want people to write Mac apps uh, and if it's not going to be a Mac app they want it to be HTML5. That's really what it comes down to, HTML5 and JavaScript. And they're and, saying to these developers, well Oracle if you want Java to run on the Mac, you do the updates, you feed the updates. Adobe, you want to include Flash support? It's your fault. It's your problem. You fix it. Yeah. So, I mean, on, on, I mean, I think this is actually, you know, a good thing on the whole from the security standpoint. What I worry a little bit about is that it is it's giving Apple even more of the opportunity to control the Mac platform. You know, this is already true in iOS. And so in iOS, the only way you can, well, I won't say the only way, but Apple crank, cracked down hard on alternative development environments at some point and said, you know, basically you have to use Xcode. And, you know, that was during the, you know, the, the, the major part of the flash wars with Adobe. And uh, Apple actually relented somewhat. So there are some kind of uh, application development toolkits that you can get for iOS. But the point being that Apple is really saying it's our way or the highway. And, you know, I, that's not inherently a good thing in terms of 
innovation and and getting alternatives. I mean, would we have software like CrashPlan if Java what didn't run on the Mac? Yeah, that's would a they big even question. bother to yeah, develop it? That's the case Precisely. because it, I mean, they would have to have a separate you know, development department that would also understand how to do yep. native Mac apps. And you know, and and okay, maybe they do decide to have the separate the separate Mac app that it's a true Mac app and and talks appropriately in the background. That's great, but what that means is it costs more because that you've know, got to have a whole new set of developers and you know a whole new distribution, all that kind of stuff. So okay, that's fine. Um, so you know what Apple ends up doing is either making it so developers earn less or or consumers pay more. Because those costs have to be passed on at some point or another. So is that, these are good ideas from a security standpoint, but they have repercussions. And I think people need to be aware that those repercussions are real. They are not just, you know, life is better when there's no Java. Well, it's not true. You know, the Java you know, may not be the best thing since sliced bread, but it certainly is useful in some situations. And certainly it's useful for Google because they need it for Android. But, but that's another story, yeah, I mean, very complicated. A, it, yeah, yeah, we don't want to, we don't want to get into the, uh, the whole IP thing. I mean, other than to say that, you know, boy, you know, doesn't, doesn't, it, doesn't it look a little uh, ridiculous when these, you know, these sumo wrestler companies just have to go around and, you know, batter each other nonstop because that's all they really can do at this point. Um, you know, that so much stuff is under, uh, under intellectual property protection that it becomes this giant game of, you know, game of war where each, each party says, here's my patents, where do you see yours? It's like the Fight Club. If you remember the movie yeah. The Fight Club, you know, this one plays out in public. Instead of having sumo warriors, you have lawyers. And lawyers getting very rich, by the way, in trying all these cases. They're saying well, hundreds of millions of dollars much. is being spent in legal fees? Oh, sure. And, 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 but let's even ignore that, that companies are changing their behavior because of the threats of these intellectual property lawsuits, um, and, you know, or even just not doing things because of it. And then there was a study, I want to say, out of Harvard MIT, one of the Boston schools, um, that I, I, again, forgetting the number because it was a while ago, but they were saying something like, I don't know, $3.1 billion had been basically lost to the economy because of these intellectual property suits. You know, it wasn't a you know, because the, the, particularly the patent trolls, you know, the companies that just buy up patents and then go around suing companies and trying to settle, they don't in any way benefit the economy. They simply suck money out of the economy and detract from the companies that are actually trying to do stuff. So, and then, you know, again, you see Google, you know, Google and Oracle and, you know, goodness knows it's everyone else too. Microsoft buys AOL patents and, you know, Google buys Motorola for the patents. You know, all, that's, all this money is being spent purely for defensive reasons. It's not, it's, not, it's not in any way helping the goal of the company. It's not something that and, produces and I, anything. There's no production from a patent. Precisely. All it is is a piece of paper. In a sense, it's pushing paper with dollar bills. Yes, very, very large stacks of dollar bills, and so that's that's what that's what bothers me as much as anything else is that the patent system, particularly with software patents, is not doing what it was supposed to do. It was supposed to protect 
to encourage innovation by protecting creators. And the simple fact is it's not doing that. Um, if anything, it's, it's doing the reverse. Right now, of course, what happens is that a company like Apple will patent something as a defensive measure. They don't want to lose out later, have someone steal that invention. And I was suggesting just rather casually that if Apple could patent the toilet paper they use, they would do it because they want to protect themselves. And, and you know, as I said, it's not even necessarily protection so much as that game of war, that it gives you another card to play. That you you can because I mean the way that the um, the way that this has worked so far is that these companies are not actually so much um, it's not that you're necessarily go looking at other people's patents and saying oh we can do that it's that what's patented is often really pretty obvious and developers are coming up with these ideas entirely on their own, and then the companies have to look and, and basically do a patent search to make sure their own developers haven't accidentally infringed on someone's patent. So it just gets messy. Adam Inks, where do we find more of the stuff you do? You can go to tidbits.com to see all of the uh, news that we've been publishing and getting more and more on the uh, on the security stuff. I hate writing about it in some ways. I just you know I feel like you security is the same thing. It's just like it's just like patents. Nothing good comes out of it. It's just a waste of everyone's time. But doesn't mean I mean, it doesn't mean we can't do it um, or we have to we can't avoid it. And then go to www.takecontrolbooks.com to see all of our latest ebooks, including uh, Take Control Your Crash Plan Backups, uh, which is a, an awfully good one, and other things like uh, Take Control of Your iPad. Lots clap. more. Adam Inks, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Glad to be here. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Hi, Ted Anderson announcing a great way to listen to radio on the telephone. By calling 760-569-7700, you'll be hearing GCNlive.com programs in seconds. Come to GCNlive.com, find your favorite host's dedicated phone number, and hear them 24-7. You heard me right, every show has a dedicated phone number. Stop by GCNlive.com and bookmark their number today. And again, that's 760-569-7700. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit and carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Welcome back to the Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We return with the one, the only, Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine. And Avram has a habit of writing these incredible stories. Well, for example, when his son was born, he had a story about technologies that wouldn't be around when his son grew up. And now there's a story over at Laptop Mag in his blog entitled Top 10 Tech Stupidity Taxes You Should Never Pay. 
Now, when it comes to, for example, Apple, it looks like <laughs> they're not paying that other kind of tax, or at least not too much of those taxes because they're smart enough to move the money elsewhere. Avram, let's look at this. What inspired you to look into the topic of the top 10 tech stupidity taxes? Well, you know, just being irritated by stupidity, which we all are, it, you know, when you're kind of tech aware and you see people being ripped off and, and being really suckered, you feel bad for them, but you also feel a little bit angry at them. You just kind of want to sort of shake some sense into a person like, look, you're getting ripped off here. And it just seems to me like, you know, obviously working with technology doesn't come as easily to everyone uh, as it does to some people, but there's just a lot of services out there. There are a lot of businesses out there that really prey on uh, tech illiteracy and ignorance, and I really wanted to call attention to that because it's a serious problem. People are losing their money. They're losing their shirts uh, over things that they really should know better than to to spend money on, and I really wanted to call attention to that because there, there are people who are really losing a lot of money uh, spending on ridiculous things that they should either be able to do for themselves or they shouldn't be doing at all. Now, the point is here, it's not necessarily a tax we're talking about, but just a price for services you don't need. That's the issue. It's not a tax from the government, uh, but you're, you're basically your own worst enemy if you uh, go fall for any of these traps. Now, the first one we're going to talk about is inspired by this commercial that you're showing featuring Hulk Hogan. Now, Hulk Hogan is a former wrestler, maybe he's a present wrestler, and a former actor, but Hulk Hogan is not really doing much these days, so I guess he needs the money from doing these advertising or infomercial things. So there is the rent-to-own service. You don't like that. Why? Okay. It basically relies on you to have no uh, forethought, to have a very short memory, and to have a very bad grasp of math. The rent-to-own service has been called out, rent-to-center, errands, uh, those sorts of places have been called out by Consumer Reports and other consumer advocacy groups for years now because they take advantage of people with poor credit and even worse math skills who are desperate uh, for something that they really probably shouldn't buy or they should buy through some other means. Uh, so what happens is they, they go on TV. Your favorite wrestler, Hulk Hogan, goes on and says, Brother, you need to buy this notebook for this Acer notebook for it's only $25 a week, and this is a sale, and you don't have to worry because you can return it any time. $25 uh, a week, and you pay for the rest of your life. The, the typical term for these is 18 months, uh, or maybe in some cases, I think 24 months. Uh, so if you do the math, yes, you can stop paying after a certain point, at which point you just lost everything you invested. Or you can keep paying for the whole 18 months, and you'll have ended up paying something like $1,300 for a $350 notebook. Uh, even if you have a credit card that charges you exorbitant usurious interest, you would be better off using that to buy the product than you would buying it through a rent-to-own. Now, there's another kind of service like this, which is a service where they will take a certain amount of money out of your checking account every week to pay for a PC, and it's also overpriced. Yeah, I mean, the bottom line is if you're someone who has poor credit, you're very often being uh, you know, targeted by predatory businesses uh, like the rent-to-own business. Uh, but the bottom line is most of the time 
there's a cheaper way to get this product, even if you can't pay for it all up front. You might very well be able to live without the product for a while, uh, particularly when they're advertising things like tablets and large screen TVs, which are not necessities of life. Uh, and you, if you could even save that $25 a week for 12 weeks, you could buy such a product. You'd even be better off getting it on layaway through a store. It's just overall a terrible ripoff. And, of course, if you take your tech buying advice from Hulk Hogan, uh, that really doesn't say much about your own savvy. He's going to give you a drop kick if you don't buy this product. Let's move to another one. Speed up my PC services. I see this on cable TV all the time. You have this online service that's going to scan your PC for malware, and it's going to speed it up, and it's going to be amazing, and you won't have to buy a new PC at the rent-to-own service because your existing PC will suddenly be much faster, like new or better. You know, what they're trading on is your own fear and ignorance, once again. Obviously, not everyone is a computer technician in life, so it certainly uh, helps to use software that can help you sometimes. But this software always finds errors. And the errors that it finds are not necessarily things that are really going to slow down your computer. They might not even be errors at all. So really, regular, regular PC maintenance, running virus scans, running spyware scans, uh, defragging your hard drive, making sure that products... Uh, don't start up in your start menu and eat up RAM, uninstalling crapware. Those are the, just the basic tenets of having a, a well-functioning, a good-functioning, fast computer. You don't need to pay someone to sort of scam you into spending exorbitant fees uh, to solve these basic problems for you. And that's what these services like uh, you know, the MyCleanPCs of the world, which sounds like some kind of drug rehab uh, are doing is that they're trying to kind of sell you on this sort of fear that, oh, there's all these horrible things wrong with your computer. There might be, but you can fix them yourself. You don't need a special service like this to come in and do it for you because you can't necessarily trust them. I mean, Well, if you have to, you go to a legitimate dealer if your PC isn't working right and say, okay, here it is, go fix it, and that's a one-time operation, not something that it's being done on a monthly basis like these projects and these packages. Yeah, exactly. I mean, listen, if you have an advertisement that runs on late-night TV between the lubricated catheter commercial and the cash-for-gold commercial and is advertising for your to clean your PC, you know that this is not a particularly legit business. And what is even worse is that these services are advertised during the day as well. Okay, here's another one for you. Extra DVD backups of downloadable software. Who's doing that? Everybody, including uh, some big names like Microsoft. Well, Apple now, isn't doing fair, it, okay? Well, that's true because Apple doesn't support uh, optical drives. Uh, what? I never heard of that. Uh, optical drives? <laughs> uh, but... There's a lot of software these days that you can buy through downloading. I think more and more people are buying their applications straight on, straight away online. They're downloading the install files. They're not going to the store and buying it in a shrink wrap. And that's great. You're getting the instant gratification. 
uh, but they don't obviously give you packaging and a backup disk. It's your job to make yourself a backup disk, whether that is burning it onto a DVD or simply copying the file onto another onto your external hard drive or backing it up to the cloud or, or whatever or what have you. But uh, if you are a sucker and you want to spend another ten, fifteen, twenty dollars, they will gladly ship you a backup DVD of whatever you just downloaded, which costs them one dollar uh, to make. Yeah, no question about it. Now, it's not like they're providing you something that you can't use. I mean, sure, it's always good to have a backup, but you can make your own backup. You're paying a really significant stupidity tax for your laziness, for not spending two seconds to click copy and paste and copy that file onto another piece of media or or you know, or burn it onto a DVD if you so desire. You probably have blank DVDs around the house that cost 30 cents. And by the way, you know, before they waste. kill the optical drive completely, you better use up those DVDs. We have Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine at LaptopMag.com and we're covering the top 10 stupidity taxes you should never pay. And the next one is so obvious. We'll cover it in a moment. So obvious that I sometimes wonder how they keep these things still being offered for certain products. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Gold isn't for you? Ted Anderson, president of Midas Resources, one of the world's premier gold and precious metal investing firms. I get it. You wouldn't buy gold if you believed that the government is doing a great job, that the Fed will stop handing out trillions of dollars like bailout candy, that Social Security would be there for you. That's not what's happening. You might even pass on gold if the stimulus package wouldn't fuel inflation, or that the dollar wouldn't lose value, or that your retirement would be secure. If all looks rosy to you, then now is not the time to buy gold. For the realists, there have never been more sobering reasons to diversify with gold. Since 2001, the U.S. dollar index has tanked 30%, while gold has risen 300%. Right now, savvy investors are adding gold to their portfolios. You should, too. Find out what they know. Call us, and I'll send you 10 reasons why gold will do very well, free. 800-686-2237. 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Heart and Body Extract continues to receive positive testimonials from people who have experienced amazing results, like Reed. I just wanted to send you a quick but a very big thank you for Heart and Body Extract. I've been on the formula for nearly a month now, and the improvement in the circulation of my legs has been simply amazing. Reed was facing a tough choice. I was facing surgery. 
to the severity of 100% blocked arteries in both my legs. And my decision, waiting for surgery to say no and try heart and body extract instead, has been thankfully the right decision. And the result? I can now walk up steps without noticeable pain. Order heart and body extract at 866-295-5305. 866-295-5305. Or hbextract.com. Heart and body extract for a long and healthy life. This year, about one in every 50 U.S. homes will have a break-in. That's almost one per block. Will that one home be yours? Well, I found an amazing little gadget to keep the bad guys fooled, and it's called Fake TV. Fake TV is a low-cost, small electronic security device that makes it look like someone is home watching TV. When you go on summer vacation, yes, get rid of the obvious signs you're away by stopping the mail on the paper, but go a step further in fooling crooks with Fake TV. At only $34.95, what? That can't be right. Yes, for only $34.95, Fake TV could be the difference between coming home to a secure house or one that's been ransacked and all your possessions gone. Fake TV simulates the light from a real TV and can be programmed just like a lamp on a timer. Use Fake TV in any room for just $34.95 and get additional Fake TVs for only $29.95. Go to FakeTV.com or call 1-877-5-FAKE-TV, 877-5-FAKE-TV or go to FakeTV.com. For safety, security and peace of mind, use Fake TV. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. We have Avram Pilch of LaptopMag.com, and we're talking about the top 10 stupidity taxes you should never pay. And this door opens up, and it says protection rackets or the extended warranty. Tell us more. So a few years ago, I did a story where I undercovered sort of the seedy underbelly of uh, retail laptop sales. And we have to tell him to watch his belly. It's getting really dangerous. Go ahead, please, sir. (laughs) Yes, I know. I I have to wax to see the underbelly. At a lot of stores, they make most of their money from what they call attachments. And attachments are extra things that they sell you that you don't necessarily need uh, when you're head into the checkout counter with your new laptop, whether you're at a place like Best Buy or Office Depot or Staples or any of the sort of major retailers, they all sell protection plans. And these are nearly pure profit for them. Now, I understand Uh, when he says protection plan, it's not Luigi coming to your house and say, you better pay us or we're going to break your PC. It feels like that, though, because at a lot of stores, the, uh, the sales staff will say things to you. Like I've had it said to me, Oh, this notebook you're going to buy is going to break in six months. It's a piece of crap. Yeah, but it's got a one-year warranty. (laughs) Right. And they won't even admit the warranty. They'll always lie about the warranty it really has. Exactly. But that doesn't mean like in certain products you should buy an extended warranty. I think for a notebook, I would buy an extended warranty because I know of examples where after the initial warranty expires – People have had to have major repairs. My son and his MacBook, that's an example. But then a lot of times the manufacturer offers their own plan. I would, if, 
if you buy it at all, I would buy it from the manufacturer, not from the retailer. At the very least, first of all, we know that Apple Care is a very good is a very good plan. Uh, Apple has a really strong reputation. They've got great service in their stores. They really do know how to service their own products. Obviously, if you're buying from Dell and you want to get a Dell a Dell protection plan, consider it. I would personally take the gamble that it's not going to break unless you're buying something really, really expensive. Then maybe you want to take the gamble and spend an extra 100 bucks. But what happens most often is if you're buying at retail, it's like they won't let you check out until they've tried to sell you some kind of a warranty, even on something that's not a major product. I mean, you go, you're buying a USB key and they're trying to sell you a protection plan for I'll it. I'll tell you what I do. I've run in situations where they try to offer it. I say, okay, I'm not interested. And they keep trying. And I say, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go to another cashier and I'm going to stop this entire line because I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to know about it. I'm not going to buy the plan. And certainly I wouldn't buy it from you. Or I'll just, I think one time I just put the product down and said, I'll buy it elsewhere. I don't need to hear you. I don't want to hear you about this nonsense. Another one is called ringback tones. Now, is this just ringtones, custom ringtones for your phone or what? It's a ringtone that your callers hear. Ah, so okay. Personally, I'm just going to go on a limb and say there's nothing tackier to me than when you call someone and you're waiting for them to pick up the phone and you hear, instead of hearing a normal ring, you start hearing some ridiculous song. I mean, isn't it annoying enough when you're put on hold somewhere, but before you even get an answer, you're put on hold because you get crappy hold music? And the hold music always says, we love your business. We want you to know that we really want to serve you, and we have to ask you, though, to wait another 42 minutes for someone to answer the phone. Now, sometimes, you know, they'll at least be decent with those things, and they'll say, okay, you will be connected within 10 minutes, and sometimes they're even right. But sometimes they say nothing. Like the local electric company, I call them for some information or something, and they never tell you how long it's going to be. They just keep repeating the same dumb recording for the next hour. So you can imagine that your friends are doing this to you, uh, although without the we care about your business part, where they're making you listen to some goofy song while you call them and, and wait for them to pick up. And they're spending – the worst part is, the stupidity part of it is they're spending money for this. They're spending money for every one of those ring back tones. Maybe they're spending $3. Maybe they're spending $5. Whatever it is, it's a dollar too much because it's an embarrassment and they're having to, to spend money on that. It's not like with other ringtones where you can just take your own MP3 file and drag it onto the phone. These are ones that have to be uh, put in place on the server side by the phone company. Now, I was once a user of a phone company, one of these internet phone companies, where they had standard music on hold. But you didn't have to pay extra, just one of those standard services. Next one, and here I'll tell you right now that if we ever hoped to get business from Best Buy advertising on this show, this is going to ensure it's never going to happen. But I don't care. Okay, a top 10 tech stupidity tax paying Geek Squad for computer maintenance. Geek Squad, of course, is run by Best Buy. Now, to really be fair, I think that actually paying... Uh, any of the Geek Squad competitors is, is just as bad. If you're paying Staples, Easy Tech, uh, or you're paying uh, Office Depot's equivalent, uh, or any of the other uh, big box retailers that offer these services, they're all, they're all bad. And the reason why they're bad is they're doing things for you that you really ought to be able to do for yourself. You know, when they're fixing a broken computer, that may help you. 
it may be a ripoff, it may not, but paying them for computer maintenance tasks, not for computer repairs per se, which you might actually need, but paying them to burn backup of your data for $99 to back up 9 gigs of your data, paying $30 to install a piece of software for you, or $99 to install your operating system. Uh, these are all things that you ought to be able to do for yourself. Uh, if you cannot use the Google or the Bing, search it out and find the answers because you really ought to be able to do something as simple as install a piece of software for yourself. If you have to go and pay someone to do it for you, if you need someone to install a piece of software for you, you've got a much bigger problem than just wasting $30. You're a sucker. And that is your problem. And so really, you need to learn how to do some of these basic tasks on your computer. You wouldn't pay somebody to come to your house and turn on and off the remote control for you to watch TV. Well, if you that have money on your hands, yeah, doing. I guess if you have a few billion dollars or you have a few hundred million dollars and you could afford to build an elevator so that your car can be parked on the second floor of your multi-million dollar dwelling, I suppose you have enough money to pay Geek Squad to do anything you want. Even wash your hair on the side. You know, for another $150, they'll wash your hair while they're backing up your DVD drive. You know, even if you have the money, it's just, on principle, is a bad idea to let somebody touch your computer without having a really valid reason to do so. There are obviously a lot of stories out there about people bringing in their computers or their phones for service and having bad things happen to them. Uh, it's not necessarily the case that any particular store would cause, you know, would do something unethical to your computer, but why turn over something that has your most important personal data to a repair person when to do something that you really ought to be able to do for yourself. We're going to do this for ourselves. We have Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine at LaptopMag.com. Now, if you have a comment or a question about the Tech Night Owl Live, send us a tweet. You can do it that way. You can contact us at Tech Night Owl. That's Tech Night Owl on Twitter. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. <laughs> America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com slash radio, DreamHost.com slash radio. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. 
Iodine protection packs from HempUSA.org are now in stock for immediate delivery worldwide. Our iodine protection packs include micro plant powder, green life kelp, red palm oil, and our clear roll-on iodine that will feed the body the iodine it needs. All iodine protection packs are in stock, save you money, and ship for free in all 50 states. Visit HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today. HempUSA.org has a revolutionary wonder food for detoxing the body and rebuilding the immune system. Microplant powder can help unclog arteries and soften heart valves while removing heavy metals, virus, fungus, bacteria, and parasites. Plus, it cleans and purifies the blood, lungs, stomach, and colon. Keep your body clean with microplant powder. Visit us at HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today. You may snicker when you hear this message, but you won't laugh after you experience the best-kept health secret ever, camel milk. Camel milk is loaded with health benefits far superior to other milk. Camel milk has antibacterial, antiviral, and anti-tumor properties, is rich in B vitamins, and camel milk is three times higher in vitamin C than cow's milk and ten times higher in iron. And camel milk contains 52 units of insulin-like proteins per liter, effectively lowering blood sugar levels. Many of our members testified that drinking camel milk reversed diabetes and greatly improved autism. Camel milk is easily digested by those who are lactose and beta casein intolerant and comes fresh or frozen from your trusted local family farm shipped on dry ice to preserve freshness. Go to CamelMilkForSale.com now and look under Products and Pricing for the spring special with free bonus pints. That's CamelMilkForSale.com, CamelMilkForSale.com. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light Systems system today complete with two black berkey elements for only 231 dollars and the berkey guy will ship your order free of charge with the purchase of a berkey light the berkey guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only 39.99 that's over 30 percent off the retail price call the berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653 that's 1-877-886-3653 or order online at goberkey.com that's goberkey.com today What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. Yes, we have Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine at laptopmag.com. And we're talking about the top 10 tech stupidity taxes you should never pay. And by the way, saying that five times backwards will get you a prize, but not from us, because it's not easy. Okay, here's one that I think a lot of people will respect here, and that is renting a router from your broadband provider. They want to rent you everything, don't they? Yes, I couldn't believe, and I was absolutely shocked when I looked through my account options on my cable account, and I noticed that my cable provider offers a service which they call Wi-Fi at home. I thought, I have Wi-Fi at my home. I don't need a service 
But for $6 a month, the cable company will rent you a router and, of course, they'll come to your house and set it up for you. There's absolutely no reason why you should need to rent a product that can cost you as little as $30 or free on rebate if you know where to get one. Now, I have to ask you a quick question here. The router they rent you, is that combined with a cable modem? You know, it doesn't say. Possibly. But there's no particular benefit if it is combined with a cable modem. No, I understand. Now, the question is the quality because, you know, as I do, yeah, you can get a router for almost free or maybe 40 or $50. But there are some high-end routers from, say, Linksys, the Cisco division Linksys, or even Apple that costs 179 And these are highly sophisticated, state-of-the-art routers. But that's not coming from your broadband provider. They're giving you the basic junk. It's extremely unlikely that they would give you a dual-band router for your $6 a month since they're selling the service to people who don't know what they're doing and would never get the benefit of a dual-band router. If I ordered the $6 a month service and they came to me with a dual-band router, I would chew the internet cable and eat it. There's absolutely no... There's Are you writing this down, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> There is absolutely no no reason to believe that they would give you that. I mean, I haven't tested out the theory by ordering the service and then canceling it to find out what kind of router they give you. But even if it were $170 router, it's still a ripoff. It's well, there's $6. a problem here, though, and I'll give you the problem. First of all, of course, I should say maybe it would be a good idea just as an experiment to ask them what kind of router they're giving you for $6 a month. Here's the problem. And this is the fault of the manufacturers as much as it is the fault of the cable companies. And that is, some routers are not easy to set up. Yeah, they should be really basic setup routines. I think Linksys has a fairly decent one with Cisco Connect. It's got some glitches, but it's fairly easy to set up. And certainly Apple with the airport is pretty easy. But, you know, some people are really, really confused about setting up a router, and if manufacturers made it easier for that initial setup process, setting the proper level of Wi-Fi security, people wouldn't feel intimidated and the broadband companies wouldn't benefit. I think that if someone does their homework and they read reviews online, they go visit tech websites, they use a search engine like Google, or if they're shopping at a shopping site like Amazon or Newegg, and they look through the user reviews, they can figure out what the good routers are, what's easy to install. It doesn't take that much homework to figure out what a good product is. Now, I think what's happening here is that the cable companies are playing on people's ignorance about the very nature of routers. They are making people think that they have to pay $6 to use the device with more than one computer in the home when, in fact, it is perfectly within your rights to install your own router. Well, I'll tell you what. I have 12 devices running on my router, so I don't think I'm worrying about it. You know, I have an Apple TV. I've got my connected Blu-ray player with Wi-Fi. I've got, I can't tell you how many devices I have, but a lot of people are like that. Okay, this is one we've talked about in the past, and I really want to bring it back to our listeners. Exorbitant international data fees. This is where your wireless carrier, if they're not ripping you off in one way, this is another way to really take your money and soak you. Yeah, this is an extreme ripoff. When you go abroad and you want to get online with your phone, provided you have a world phone or phone that's capable of connecting to one of the networks in the country where you're going, if you are using your provider's international data plan, you will get ripped off. 
Now, some of these plans are better than others. AT&T, for example, for $25, you can get 50 megabytes of data. But 50 megabytes of data is nothing. I, I could sneeze and, and, and that would be 50 megabytes of data. There is absolutely no reason to spend this amount of money on getting online when you're abroad. You obviously want to get online. A lot of us do. It's, it's hard to take that vacation or take that business trip and not be able to check your email uh, wherever you go. And there, there are answers to this. Just don't pay your U.S. carrier for that, for that solution. Go to a Either, Wi-Fi hotspot. Well, that's easier said than done, to be fair. If you have a service like Boingo, which you can buy here in the U.S. for something like 10 or $15 a month, uh, there are a lot of hotspots abroad, but not necessarily everywhere you go. When I was in Spain uh, earlier this year, you know, yes, there were some Boingo hotspots, but there were plenty of places that didn't have one. So another really good solution, perhaps the best solution, is to rent a local MiFi, which you can do here in the United States by using a company called XCOM Global, which is the only company I know of that provides this really excellent service. For $15 a day, they will rent you a local MiFi. You order it when you're here in the U.S., they mail it to your house two days before you leave, you take it with you on the plane, it has a local SIM card for a local carrier in that country enabled, it'll give you unlimited access, and you can use it the entire time you're on your trip, and then when you get back, you mail it back to them. Now, $15 a day may seem like a lot, but when you figure out what you're spending for that international roaming, it's not a lot. And remember, too, that a lot of hotels will charge you maybe $10 or so a day to have even internet access within the hotel. Let's move to another one. Subsidized 3G, 4G tablets. Now, we know, of course, when you buy an iPad, you pay the price. That's it. If you buy a Kindle Fire, you pay the price. Many other models, but some of the wireless carriers are giving you a subsidized tablet. Yes. So what they would like is for you to pay them endlessly. It's not enough for the wireless carrier to get you know, $30 a month for data and 50 for voice for your phone, they'd like to get another 30 from you for your tablet. So they're counting on you to be pretty dim and to look at the price of the tablet and not the monthly price over the course of a two-year contract. This is like the rent-to-own so, people do. It is. It's counting on you to have a very short attention span, to not think past next month and to not do the calculation that, hey, over time, I'm actually spending a lot more money. For example, you might be able to get a tablet from AT&T or Verizon for $299 that otherwise would cost you $399 or $499 on its own. But in order to get it for $299, you've got to agree to spend a minimum of $30 a month or to supply that tablet with data for the next two years. Even if you don't need it. Even if you don't need it. So... Obviously, a lot of people like to take their tablets with them on the road. They want to have that that mobile broadband. But if you already are paying for it on your phone and you're paying for it at home and your office has has Wi-Fi, you really don't necessarily need to have dedicated mobile broadband on your tablet as well. Now, there is another plan that's coming down the pike. AT&T mentioned it which is kind of a family data plan where you pay one price for a certain amount of total bandwidth and you can use it on any one of your devices. I don't know what the pricing is going to be, how good it's going to be, but it's one possibility. They haven't really said. I think that is where the market should go. But then even under those circumstances, how are they going to work the subsidy? Because the whole point of this is 
they're chopping a hundred, two hundred. This is not for uh, a subsidy. Dollars. It's just an a la carte plan. It is you. As a, it's just okay. I already need data for my iPhone, and maybe on occasion I will use it for my iPad, but I don't have to. So you see here, for example, I'm thinking in terms of an a la carte plan, where you buy a package without subsidies, just a straight package of data for all your devices and use it to whatever limits are being offered. We have Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine at LaptopMag.com covering the top 10 tech stupidity taxes you should never pay. And we've got number 10 coming up. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack Attack. of the Rockoids. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans the galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack Attack. of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack Attack of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. Are you still a traditional smoker? Now experience a new lifestyle and try vaping with e-cigarettes by LeSig. Imagine no ashes, stains, nasty smell, or coughing and hacking. With LeSig e-cigarettes revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replaceable cartridge, you'll get all the benefits and satisfaction of smoking without the hazards. Choose your taste from a wide variety of our new American-made vaporian e-liquids at LeSig.com. And LeSig smokes the competition by serving thousands of worldwide customers with real people customer service fast free same day shipping and a 30 day warranty and satisfaction guarantee so are you ready for a new vaping lifestyle then call 870-518-4307 that's 870-518-4307 or visit lesig.com spelled l-e-c-i-g.com lesig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker If you owe money to the IRS, you can't make the problem go away by yourself. But with the help of Dan Pilla, you can get your problem solved once and for all. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. For 30 years, I've helped thousands of people solve their tax debt problem, and I can help you solve yours, too. We take a very simple but proven three-step approach to solving your problem. First, we stabilize IRS collection actions so you don't have to worry about the IRS seizing your bank account or paycheck. Next, we build a comprehensive plan to get your tax debt reduced to the fullest extent possible, sometimes even completely eliminated. And finally, we work with you every step of the way to get your problem solved once and for all. Call us for a free consultation. Call 1-800-346-6829. We'll work together to get your problem solved guaranteed. Dan Pilla has been protecting taxpayers from the IRS for three decades, and he can help you too. Call us today at 800 346 6829. That's 800 
888-344-NO tax. Introducing a diabetes breakthrough, an easy natural organic way to bring relief to diabetics. Introducing MDS Forte, a concentrated super strength extract formulated for those who are looking for relief. What can MDS Forte do for you? MDS Forte reduces glucose levels safely and effectively, reduces cholesterol and triglyceride levels, increases HDL or good cholesterol while reducing LDL or bad cholesterol. MDS Forte reduces A1C, improves eyesight and circulation to the limbs, and helps with weight loss. Is non-toxic, caffeine-free, 100% natural, 100% organic, and comes with a 100% money back guarantee waiting for the side effects disclaimers with mds forte there are none order a 25-day treatment of mds forte by calling 213-405-5355 213-405-5355 or visit bestbloodsupport.com that's bestbloodsupport.com for mds forte a diabetes breakthrough what are you listening to the Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. I do know we have Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine, Laptop Mag, joining us. We've been focusing on the top 10 tech stupidity taxes that you, my friend, should never pay ever, ever again. I'm Gene Steinberg, and we're covering number 10. Paid people finders. Now, let me start with where I see this stuff happening. And it's not necessarily the one you'd be thinking about, but this is one where I find it. I go to, like, a whitepages.com, and I want to look up someone's phone number. And whether or not the phone number is available or listed, they will almost always offer an extra price package where I look up something about that person, about their history, about their background with some kind of preset fee. I just want to look up somebody's phone number. I'm being inundated with this. So what's going on? In this day and age where a lot of people are moving towards cell phones or voice over IP phones, there really isn't much of a white pages anymore. And so you're probably not going to be able to find someone's phone number no matter what you do unless you get it from them personally or you connect to them on social networking. Or they have an old-fashioned landline with a listed phone number. You know, like three or four people still do that, don't they? Yeah, three or four people may still do that, but I think a lot of them would at least pay for the fee to have it unlisted at this point. What we're talking about here is there are services out there that are advertising on, on television again saying... Seven people are searching for you. Could it be your ex-boyfriend? Could it be your ex-boss? They're looking for you. Can you believe it? Sign in and pay money so you can find out who these people are that are searching for you. If it's bill collectors, I don't want to know. First of all, if these people are actually searching for you, they're idiots and you should not want to talk to them. If they cannot find you using services like Google and Facebook, why would you want to know them anyway? They're obviously not not that bright. Second of all, this is almost impossible. How could a third-party service, since these are not given by Google or Bing, these are other services, other brands, how would they know who's searching for you? They don't have access to Google's secret data. Even Google doesn't necessarily know who's searching for you unless they're signed into their account. So this is all ridiculous. And if they're searching for you and they didn't find you, maybe they used the wrong search term. This just doesn't hold up to scrutiny. And if someone is searching for you and they didn't bother to contact you, we have a term for that. It's called stalking. I hear somebody laughing. (laughs) 
We have Sorry. an audience, ladies and gentlemen. I know I dig this. I dig this. It's my laugh track. Oh, you coming with a laugh track? I was going to bring our own here. You know, we're trying a new product here that we're working with to better integrate our sound effects. And I was thinking here, you know, for example, this is one that you're familiar with. At the beginning of the show, I introduced the guests, and I'm going to ask you a trivia question before we go back to people finding. Okay, this is one of the most famous soundtracks that dates back to, I think, 2004. I introduce the guests, and then I go... Well, obviously, that's Howard Dean. Exactly. Okay. You see, and of course, it's public domain, so nobody's going to ask me for money. Okay. So after that, nobody, if I did that, would ever want to look for me. You know, they want to run from me. So this is a service that, as we say, is nonsense. So if you subscribe to it, if you order from one of these people finders, what do they give you if it's all a fake? They give you the ability to connect with other people who are using the service, which is kind of pointless since you could connect with people for free using perfectly free services like Facebook and Google Plus that are actually have a lot more people on them. Uh, they give you the ability to do things like organ- sometimes like organize your feeds from free services like Facebook. And they give you the ability to – so they're basically a paid social network and a lame one at that. So it's a ripoff. Why are they charging you for this thing? It, de- it depends on the service, but it could be as much as $7 a month. So $7 t- a Sure, you multiply that by 12 or, or maybe they have a special deal for the year, you know, 79 or something. You know, there's an interesting psychological point about pricing that you can charge, say, $200 for a product. But if you make it one ninety nine ninety nine, people are hardwired to think it's cheaper. Yeah, it's one penny cheaper. That ninety nine seems to have something of a benefit or attraction to people. I wonder why. Not doing the math. That's that's why. <laughs> okay, so we don't want people finders. What about? I'm going to ask you about this. It may have no relationship. What about these reputation monitors? You know, they promise they're going to go online, see who's saying nasty things about you, and help you fix the problem. How can they do that? It's a little scary to think about how they might do that because what they're doing is they're going around searching forums to see what people might say about you, which, you know, could be a valuable service, although you could do it for yourself. It may save you some time. Uh, But what they're saying is that they're going to go in there and, and fix your reputation. What that probably means is they're going to go in there and put a bunch of fake posts in there saying that your product or service is better than it actually is. Uh, or maybe it is good, but they're, they're going to put some false reviews in there. Uh, there have been a lot of companies that have gotten into big hot water for putting false reviews of their own products onto services like Amazon and Yelp. And these reputation management services, when they say they're going to fix your reputation, well, how, how are they going to do it? They're going to have to go in there and find some way of either sort of voting down the negative comments uh, that were made about you or coming up with some positive comments that aren't necessarily legit because you're paying them to write them for you. So, you know, obviously, if you're a doctor and you have a bunch of patients posting that you, uh, you're you a quack, you you, you want to use this service because you don't want people to, to think that you're, uh, you're not a good doctor. Now, there's another problem, too, with that. And that is, if they catch you putting up bogus reviews, they're going to trash you 10 times more than they did before. So, not only may it be a problem just having questionable reviews, 
if they catch you in the act, what's going to happen then? You know, lots of things could happen. You could get kicked off of a, of a service. Certainly, the word could get out that you fixed it. So, you know, there's a fine line. I have never used a reputation management service, so I can't say that that's how they all operate. But there's certainly only so many things that they can do to fix your reputation without going out and actively fixing you. You know, if you're running a restaurant and you sir and you've got uh, you know rats and mice running around, short of coming into your restaurant and cleaning it up for you like Gordon Ramsay, the only legitimate way for them to fix your online reputation is to put false information out there or get rid of legit information. Of course, that's not how they advertise it. They're going to say, "Oh, you got hit by a terrible negative review," and you know, to be fair, online reviewers are not necessarily always accountable. For their opinions, they, it might be a competitor of yours who's writing bad things about you. But how they're going to fix your reputation, you know, there's not a lot of really good legitimate options out there. It goes to show that if there's anything anybody could do, promise to do, or at least claim to promise to do, they could make money from it. There's so many different weird sorts of businesses people can engage in to make money. There's no question. And I think the overall message here is that they're preying on your ignorance as a consumer, that you think that you don't realize that actually if people are searching for you, they would have found you or this third party service wouldn't know about it. You wouldn't you know that there really is no way to fix your reputation without going and doing some weird messing around with the reviews, which I don't know, maybe you're okay with taking that risk. I suppose but, if someone was getting false reviews, they wanted to combat the problem. But then this wouldn't be the way to do it, would it? No, I mean, obviously it's, it's difficult. You might have to take things up with a, a Yelp. You might have to put up a, a really legitimate publicity program of trying to get people who like Hire you. Hire a PR agent. Abram Pilch, tell us where we can find more of the things you do. So you can uh, obviously read my weekly rants at LaptopMag.com slash GeeksGeek. Keep up with all our latest tech news at LaptopMag.com and follow me on Twitter at, at GeekInChief. And you can find our stuff at TechNightOwl.com. Once again, that's TechNightOwl.com. You can Twitter us, TechNightOwl. We are TechNightOwl at Twitter. Imagine that. Is that amazing? And we have that other radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night. It's called The Paracast at Paracast.com. Once again, that's Paracast.com. A special thank you to the one and only Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine. Thank you, my friend, for joining us this week. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. On the Tech Night Owl Live. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.